punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. Welcome to episode 66 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sports podcast hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and boy, do we get a special episode in store for you today. We're joined by special guest BB, recurring guest, and Adam's here as well. BB, what's going on, mate? Thanks for having me back, guys. Yeah, I think the last time was right after Izzy lost, so... I've been waiting to come back and, and sort of avenge that one in a way you know, or, or erase those memories. But uh, yeah, pump, pump for this card. Can't, can't wait for it. Looking forward to chatting. Are, are, you, are you emotionally recovered yet or are you still sort of in the grieving process? No, we're back. We went through the full seven stages of, of grieving. <laughs> who else? Someone else lost on that card as well. I can't remember who. The seven out of my memory, but. <laughs> 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 but we're back we're back and they're running it back right they're, they're doing they it are here. running it back um, UFC 287 I think so we'll pencil you in mate <laughs> well I'm, I'm, I'm the jinx I'm the mock apparently so maybe not maybe I'll just keep my head down stay away from that one no <laughs> <laughs> best combat sports oh. journalist in Australia uh, are That's you it. going to UFC Perth hey, we haven't been able to get the, we haven't been able to get the flights over we, we haven't got the ticket Travis. We're both <laughs> it's, oh. it's, Now we're in a new new period of grieving. Um, for not being able to go. <laughs> but <laughs> if someone's earned their stripes, it's Brendan Bradford. There's no one. If it, not many people have had the privilege that I've had of going to Australian combat sports events with this man, and it is, it is. You can't go. It honestly takes you 20 minutes to walk anywhere because every agent, every fighter, every coach, everyone's saying g'day to this bloke. And I've never, I don't even know who some of them are. Some of them people don't even know who they are, and they all know. <laughs> I'm picturing the scenes in my head. It's very presidential. He's just shaking hands, kissing babies, taking photographs. <laughs> he's he's the main event outside of the main event. Yeah, and he wears like a oh. fur coat sometimes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, honestly, he's the fucking oh. man about Australia when it comes to combat sports. And uh, yeah, I hope. For some reason, your luck turns around, mate, and they, they put you on a plane and come to their senses because it'll just be a private, of obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, we bo- we've both got to get over there now, right? Like, yeah, we need socials, we need videos, we need yeah. someone to. You need you need someone to carry your bags and put their coat <laughs> or, put, put their coat in a puddle for you and just just ger- generally whatever. Mate, I'll do more Make than sure carry his bags. <laughs> I'll empty his Make bag. sure my secret entrance is, is open and I've uh, got a clear clear space, yes. clear runway to the... Uh, okay, the quick. Very, I don't want to change the tune of the show, but very, very serious question for Adam here. Would you say that the sort of shine and luster of UFC 284 is damaged because BB's not going to be in attendance? 100%. Yeah. No brainer. <laughs> I've it been, took a hit when Rob, when Rob was off the card. And, and uh, now, 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 now it, it might not recover. <laughs> there, there is, it's just... <laughs> This is a yeah. It's the straw that broke the camel's back. UFC 284 is washed. 
No rod, no tie, and no BB, the holy trinity of Australian mixed martial arts. One thing. Yeah, well, I saw you should do a, a, like a live or like a, um, you know, like a podcast while the fights are on. Oh, yeah. Fight Companion? Oh, ties new, uh, yeah, Fight Companion. It ties new brewery they've got out out Western Sydney. Oh, Lewis, you'll have to get on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can claim it on Boys, not... Not a bad idea. Let's uh, let, let's uh, let's talk about that offline. I'll uh, yeah. <laughs> BB. I like it. All right. Like, well, obviously, we're going to talk about the main event, but uh, we, you and I, had the privilege of talk talking to Islam and Volk, Volk for it not as long as we wanted, but you actually got one on one time with Islam for like a solid twenty, maybe longer. So maybe if you wanted to start there, uh, I know you've already written a yarn on it. I'm sure there's probably more coming, but yeah, how was your chat with Islam and? Uh, how did that make you feel about the whole event? Yeah, really, he's a really good guy. Um, so this, the setup was this media day, and at 99.5% of these kinds of media things, they say, you've got to type three minutes, get your questions in, because he's being whisked off to somewhere else. And I was waiting around to chat to Islam, and Arabella, the UFC uh, media PR lady, she's like, we're running way ahead of schedule, He's got like two hours before he has to be at his next thing. Take as much time as you want. Like just chat to him about whatever. And I was like, she said that. And I was like, that's fucking unheard of. That's amazing. <laughs> but, but too, like, I, I just sort of had this vision of him, like, you know, with two, two word answers. Like, how am I going to get more than like five minutes out of him? Um, sat down. Yeah. Sat down with him. Really, really great chat. Um, pretty wide ranging as well. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty laid back dude, eh? Like, I think he was wearing track pants. Um, his entourage was like a manager, a coach, and two younger cousins or something. Like, just super laid back, super chilled out. Just, just um, version two point version three point of Islam Makachev in the future. Just future savages. Yeah, yeah. one of them, one of them <laughs> had a two thousand dollar pair of Air Jordans on, but uh, that was the only. Yeah, they were kitted out those days. Oh yeah, they looked, those, had, they looked fucking. They had uh, good. Ba- they had bags. Those bags would have been designer. A grand as well, though, yeah. It's amazing um, what you can afford when you don't sink all of your money as a teenager into piss and cigarettes. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know, like those dudes, like various income streams from just I don't know, various warlords and shit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not Islam, but definitely uh, some of them. Yeah. No, they're not. How <laughs> many millions of rubles have you uh have you uh <laughs> have you earned for making guest appearances at a warlord's child's birthday party? Exactly. <laughs> there was a video popped up the other day and I didn't I didn't get done watch it, but it was Makachev doing jujitsu, I think, with I think it was Kadyrov. Um, one of those, one of those guys. Good guy, good guy, Kadarov. In case, in case he's watching, in case he's watching this one. <laughs> Love you, great, work, mate. Love great you guy, work. great guy. Never met him, great guy. If you ever want to come on the pod, <laughs> <laughs> we're actually really looking to grow our um, our listener base in Chechnya. So if Kadarov ever wants to come on, get some good PR for the region. I think we'd be all about it. I think we're already shadow you banned anyway. Any Aren't you guys massive in, in Grozny? <laughs> I think um, Gaethje went to I don't know who it was, but yeah, some dodgy. It was Russian. it was it was 
It was him and Kamara Usman. Kamara Usman's been there. Quite a few guys have been there. I believe it's something that Ali Abdelaziz sort of has has a direct line to. Now, Justin Gaethje's defense was that I was not in any pitches with Kadrov. I wasn't that he wasn't there, but he did get paid to make a guest appearance at his son's birthday party, and he was you know in a compound firing off weapons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's like. Yeah. Kadarov probably was there, or like there was there was some involvement. Certainly not the best look. And then you get guys like Sean O'Malley coming up, being like, "Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that." And you're like, "Well, shit! If Sean O'Malley's saying he wouldn't do it, oh my goodness, that's uh, <laughs> maybe that is a lack in judgment, Justin Gaethje." <laughs> <laughs> uh, side sidetrack you just for a little bit on on that dude Kadarov. So when when Australian heavyweight boxer Lucas Brown he fought, fuck, what's his name? He fought it. He fought in Chechnya in like 2016 for the, I think it was the WBA heavyweight title and he won. But Kadarov was in like in the audience and like, oh, I, can't, I can't remember the specific details, but like Kadarov basically just gapped it as soon as the knockout happened, like he did, just deserted. <laughs> and um, it, there's a story of, they, so he was training like four or five days before the fight in some gym and Kadarov comes down to the gym and says something like, yeah, let's get a photo or let's do some training or something, or he did some training. And they're posing for this photo, Lucas Brown, like six, seven, 120-something kgs. Top 10 scariest-looking combat athlete in the world. He is horrifyingly terrifying to look at. Yeah, really nice guy, really really good to chat to. But so they're they're taking this photo, and I know they're they're posing like this or whatever, and Kadov just turns around and like bunny punches him in, in the ribs. And it's like, and Lucas Brown, like he's worked on doors at clubs around Sydney and, you know, been in all sorts of sticky situations, can handle himself. And he was just like the natural reaction, obviously, when you're like an ex-doorman and a boxer is just to like knock this dude. And he sort of like reacted. And then all these dudes with like Kalashnikovs and like security dudes, he just looked around and he goes, no, nah, no, nah, cool, 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 cool. Fucking Holy shit. <laughs> This, this dude death. is like this this dude is like Hasbulla, but not tiny. Just goes around <laughs> yeah. s- slapping people whenever he wants. Unbelievable. I mean, you've seen the videos of him training with Hamza and whoever. Like for a dude who, who prides himself on being around combat sports all the time and being involved in like uh Akmat Combat Association or whatever it is, dude is like the worst puncher slash athlete you've ever seen in your life. Dude is like dude is like a 60-year-old mom grandma who's gone to her first Thai bow class. It's unreal. Can you imagine if someone just fucking just hawks Hezbollah? <laughs> Mate, it's, get, it, it's gonna happen one day. Someone is just gonna be like, I don't give a shit. They'll get He's an adult. Instantly. He might not be a grown person, but one day Hezbollah is getting punted. It's gonna happen. <laughs> oh, at least it won't be a meme or five trillion made about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, we're going to talk about the fucking pay-per-view that yeah. BB's here for. So we're 11 minutes yeah, in yeah. and we've all only spoken about warlords and... Uh, <laughs> well, no, we got, we, got, we got sidetracked. Is there anything else you want to tell us about the Islam interview or anything around uh, um, any, any other folks you've spoken to ahead of this card? What, what's, the, what's the buzz in the media scene like for this one? It's, I think it'll kick up next week. We'll, so what are we, about 10, 11 days out at the moment? Yep. I think it'll kick up from next week, about five days out when, you know, 
the UFC sort of crew lands in Perth and the fighters get there and there's a bit more content um, pushed out about it. Um, yeah, doing, doing a yarn with, yeah, with Islam, obviously talking about Khabib um, and Khabib's dad and sort of their, I guess, their, their past, their history. Um, <laughs> so I was like, how, how do you celebrate, you know, becoming the champion of the world? And he was like, ah, uh, no, nah, uh, no time, no time to celebrate because Khabib was already organizing his next fight, which was the Volk one, and they got him with the ring. And he's like, I was like, damn. So, yeah, Khabib, Khabib's your, your guy. Like, he's he's doing all that. And he's like, yeah, I just leave that to him. Um, <laughs> it took a couple of days to go see friends and stayed in training pretty much. So, yeah, that's that's the life they live, these guys. In Insane. So I, I was listening to the Michael Bisping podcast and it tie, t- uh, ties in with this and Bilal Muhammad was on him. Bilal Muhammad spent his last training camp, I think, uh, partially with, with Khabib's team. And he said the discipline that he has and the, the absolute structure and iron fist with which Khabib rules the training regimen is something he's never seen before. And he said that with the younger fighters come in, he said, if they look tired under the eyes, he'd be like, have you been up on your phone? Because they don't go out, they don't party, they don't drink or whatever. So a lot of the lot of the younger dudes just stay up playing video games all night on their phone or whatever. Could be, if they're tired, could people just take their phone off them at training and like keep it for like 24, 48 hours and be like, you can get your phone back when you get some proper sleep. And like wow. to that level, to that level of just like, these guys, these guys have got a different mentality, man. They're going to, they're going to, yeah be a problem in this MMA scene for a long time. At the Islam's I found I found his I find his relationship with Khabib really interesting and in that like Khabib is it doesn't seem like there's any kind of I don't know jealousy or animosity there. Like Khabib is bringing him through. Like he wants him to be world champion, be pound for pound, go two weight world champion if he can. So I was, I asked them I asked Islam like, you know, would that be Khabib's goal? to get you to do what he did and then and, and then even go to the next level, do what he, he couldn't do. And he was just like, nah, it's, it's not even like that. Like, we just want to get, we just want to get, do the best we can. Like, wherever we get to, we'll get there together. Like he was, it's like, it's, it's he, he explained it a lot better than I am right now. But it was like, yeah, not a not a rivalry. He didn't want to go up. He was super respectful for him, to him. <coughs> Bullshit. Um, and then I asked <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so what you're saying? What you're saying is the hypothetical that me and Adam ran through on last week's episode about who would win <laughs> yes. in a fight between Islam and Khabib is probably not going to come to fruition. Yeah. That's what you're trying to tell no, us. They, they just, they just get in the cage and just hug it out. <laughs> well, that's all they then fucking I, I do anyway. About- those Dagestanis. <laughs> <laughs> And then I asked them about you've seen you've seen photos and stuff of them playing football, playing soccer. And yeah, I, said, I saw oh, him see, playing rugby slash basketball slash MMA slash whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck that game's called. Just that's called just no 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 travel calls, no foul calls on Khabib. Just let him do whatever. That's what that game is. But I was like, oh, so you guys you guys still play football? Like, how how does that go? And then he just broke into like, oh mate, I like I, I smashed Khabib. He's no good. <laughs> He's he's out of shape. Um, he doesn't know. Like he's like, yeah, Khabib knows all the players and who's winning, and he goes to all these games, but he doesn't know how to play. Like, you know, oh, that's amazing. That's cool. Fo- football banter. I uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
There's a video that went quite viral. Uh, it was an interview. I think it was uh, Adam Catterall from BT Sports did with Khabib a, a little while ago while they were still fighting. And the premise was they were playing a game of pool while they were doing the interview. Oh, yeah. And and Khabib just ignores the white ball and just straight just puts the colored, <laughs> the spots and stripes, just directly hits them into the pockets. And Adam's like, yeah, okay, that I guess. He's like, he's like, clip. this. And he's like, these are my rules, brother. <laughs> I was like, what are you going to do? After it, because I've only ever seen it end that way, and then it's just hilarious. Like, there's always like the so curb I, your enthusiasm music after it or something. I, yeah, yeah. I, after, afterwards, I the backstory when Catherine tells tells the uh, the story, he's like, yeah, yeah. He's just like, you know, he's like, no, no. That's that's just that's just how I play. And he always says, he owes me. He, he always every time he sees Kabu, he says, you owe me a rematch. He says, I beat you, brother. <laughs> I was like, what are you going to do? Hey, hey, are you going to be like, no, Khabib, seriously, you owe me a, a rematch in pool. All right, brother, smash head through table. <laughs> and then, no, he's just going to pick you up and use you as a cue. You want to use the white ball so much? Douche. I wonder what made him think that that was a good premise for like the interview, to just play pool with Khabib. Like, it's so weird. Well, you, you know, when you think when you think Khabib, you just think of a guy who spent his time growing up gambling and drinking and smoking in pool halls. He's got, he's got that kind of vibe. <laughs> It couldn't be like it just makes no sense. It couldn't, couldn't be further. Yeah, couldn't couldn't be further from the mountains of Dagestan. It's like you know what? Let's put let's put him in his comfort zone. Let's get him real comfortable. Maybe maybe if we uh, do it in a strip club as well, he'd be real happy about that. <laughs> oh fuck! They should oh, they should man. get him. They should get Jackie Moon to interview him and just get him wrestling bears in in front of like basketball crowds. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh God! One oh. of the greatest characters of all time, Jackie Moon. Oh, one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> oh my God! So oh, we made it seventeen minutes without talking about the card going. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. We told people this would be a long one. We 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 were true. We were true to our words. Let's let's talk about the main event. My goodness, this I've said it before. This has to be the biggest combat sports event in terms of significance in Australian history, right? Uh, yeah, I- Lucas Brown and uh, Paul Gallen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the time Justin Hodges, just, Justin Hodges <laughs> fought two blokes in one night. Yeah, you're talking about the... Uh, don't forget the Origin Rumble, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, we've had some crackers, eh? BB has been at every single one of those fucking. I know, I know. BB's the the biggest fan. The the king of ten boxing, Brendan Bradford. Lucas Lucas Brown fought John Hopperwadi at uh, (laughs) Maryland's RSL. Oh my goodness! I actually thought Hopper wasn't going to get up that day when he got knocked out. I was like standing about two meters away, and he just it was one of those slow motion knockout. Like he was stopped. And he was on his feet leaning on the ropes and he took a few more hits and then the rest stopped it. And he stumbled forward, regained his balance and then f- like stumbled sideways and almost fell out of the ring. Mm. It was scary. Um, so, yeah, almost on that level, I suppose, is what we're talking about. <laughs> just, just, just almost the, the main room at Maryland's RSL. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's um, like I think uh, Bieber, you would actually know this like historically because you're like a bit of a boxing history expert too in Australia. Like this has to be just the biggest fight easily in in Australia. It's 
it would like i would say yes but because boxing is it's not mainstream but it's probably a little bit more it is yeah it's a little i don't know if it's not accepted but people sort of especially back then big too. boxing fight on yeah, yeah. And, and when it's a big boxing fight on non-boxing fans will come out and watch like whether it's yeah uh joshua anthony joshua or or a cambosis or someone like that um yeah. so yeah probably probably looking at your, your jeff horn fight uh when he fought manny pacquiao um on australian soil that one um what else danny yeah, green roy jones spring springs to mind i was, but, at, that, I was at that that was the first fight i ever went to here yeah. Oh, really? I sprung out, sprung out cash for Fuck it. Fuck old. Lasted ninety two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Man, they had that night. They had, um, do you know that? Oh, who's the? Um, he's like the old country singer. Um, Slim Dusty. John Williamson. <laughs> no, John <laughs> Williamson. So before the fight, I think like before the anthems, or you waiting for the fight. They had John Williamson come out to the ring with an acoustic guitar and sing that. He said he's got the song Hey True Blue. Yeah. It's like big Aussie Fucking banger. Mate, the crowd, the crowd would have been wild in for that. Mate, they went, he sang it and the crowd was like, fucking how good, how good. And then like somehow there was like a minute or so and they were like, oh, the fighters aren't ready. Just play it again. And he just played this. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just got into a floor. <sighs> Oh, that's so good. He's like he's like Australia's like Garth Brooks kind of, just like that dude that everyone just loves, and he's got like one song yeah. that's just iconic, <laughs> and everyone somehow knows the words. Well, it wasn't even like, oh, John, play another one of your songs. It's like, no, play the same one. Play <laughs> it again. Run, I don't run think it back. He, any others. <laughs> he had he had he had an immediate rematch clause in his contract. <laughs> Typical boxing. <laughs> Mate, he was sitting for like three times as long as the fight went. <laughs> oh God, I was. I remember. I was on. I remember where I was. I was on holiday with some mates up the Sunshine Coast, and I was telling them like, "Oh yeah, Roy Jones is like, he's he's the real deal, man. There's there's no. He's he's gonna come down and and embarrass Danny Green. He's he's one of the greatest ever." And then I and then I, well, I was like, "Oh, he didn't train for this at all. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he got off a plane like the day before the fight or something stupid like that. He was he was not in Australia a long time to to get ready for that. Anyway, how the fuck are we talking about Roy Jones Jr. versus Danny Green when we've got the biggest mixed martial arts event in Australian history, pound for pound number one versus pound for pound number two? Alexander Volkanovsky attempting to achieve greatness going up in weight class. Just before we do talk about this (laughs) (laughs) Just in my personal opinion, fucking (laughs) Jeff Horn and Manny Pacquiao does not fucking hold a candle to this fight, man. Fuck that fucking fight (laughs) so much. Not... Not in terms, obviously not in terms, it, it has bigger attendance, it'll probably it'll probably have done a bigger gate, more people will watch it, unfortunately. But in terms of significance, what this means for Australian MMA is absolutely huge. And um, call me crazy, but I've been I've been baking, I've been, this take's been cooking for a little while. If Volkanovski does this, he should go down as Australia's greatest ever athlete. If Volkanovski becomes champ champ, against Islam Makachev, you put him up there as Australia's greatest ever athlete alongside Don Bradman, alongside whoever, whoever Ian Thorpe, alongside whatever Olympian you want to pull out because combat sports, in my mind, is just the hardest thing to do. And to do it at two weight classes, 
you know, at a time when the UFC is tr- so truly global, I think is remarkable. I think if you just beat a Dagestani, you're like top 10 athletes ever. <laughs> ever, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Full stop. <laughs> Jordan Brady. Volk, yeah, <laughs> right. Straight get up. him up there. Let's let's get let's uh, let's let's carve our own Mount Rushmore into the I Blue Mountains. Like, I feel like if you like just on their pure athletic achievements, it definitely is in the conversation. But I think like it's just too hard because you know I can speak on behalf of of the whole nation. Um, I think like you're never going to go past like Kathy Freeman and Don Bradman just for like the significance of it. But like just pure achievements, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, is in the conversation for sure. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, certainly Australia's greatest combat sport athlete. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And, and mate, do, do you guys know how long I had to look through, like, historical records and fight dates to just confirm that this is the first time that the number one, number two pound-for-pound pound guys have ever actually fought at while well, they were number one and two? It took me That's, fucking ages. I, I've got, oh, I've got a, a little journalist. trick for you. A good journalist, but I've got a trick for you. If you just say it with confidence, everyone will believe you. So it doesn't matter. Just say it. And then if you're wrong, issue a, issue a correction later. It's fine. I was going to say, you obviously, haven't been, <laughs> you obviously haven't been fucking listening, mate, because we've been saying it for months. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are I, the source of truth. Write, I didn't write that story and it was going in the paper. And I'm like, well, I can't half-ass this. Like, it's, that's got to be true facts. And... Um, one one guy <sighs> said, "Oh, you haven't heard of John Jones and Daniel Cormier," and I was like, "Ah, motherfucker! They were never they weren't number one and two when they fought either of the times they fought." Um, so that yeah, that just that adds to the significance of, of this one. Um, another one that this is right up there with probably tops is Izzy Whitaker, um, twenty nineteen. Mm. That, that's probably I, I think that's probably number one in terms of definitely in terms of UFC. Um, any, Australian a, any chance to bring up Izzy knocking out Rob? <laughs> BB will get it in there. He's like, oh, yeah. Right, I love Rob. Man, I, I love no, Rob. I, was I know, so I'm joking. Talk. I'm joking. <laughs> hey, bro, don't it's forget like, about Izzy E. I, 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 <laughs> I hated that whole fight week, that whole build-up. Um, it must have been – you must – right. uh, yeah, you must have felt like uh, two, two children fighting each other, just so torn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's actually talk about the fight because we, we've <sighs> 25 minutes, 26 minutes in, we're getting there. Right, Adam, go. What, what are your thoughts on this fight, mate? Should be a good one. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have spent the last month talking myself into how Volk wins this fight and Volk is going to win this fight. And now I'm officially at the point where I cannot see how he loses this fight. All right. Volk is a what you're saying is Islam, is Islam is washed. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this is not a joke. I watched every single Islam UFC fight and every single Volk UFC fight over the last few weeks. Um, and I used a lot of tissues, but uh, <laughs> I talked myself into Volk winning. And first thing that everyone's been saying, especially from that uh, – the photo that BB and I were at is that, oh, Volk's so much shorter. And it's like, that doesn't really mean anything, I don't think. I think that's just the, that's such a stupid point. And I Googled it. Max Holloway is taller than Islam anyway. Volk beat him three times. I know different weight class, but he's taller. So if you're just saying height, that's a stupid argument. 
Heights not a factor. Falk is already just a freak athlete in terms of never gets tired ever. Um, neither does Islam. But I feel like if anything, Volk, if he's done, if he's perfected his training, he should, if anything, be maybe a little bit better cardio-wise because it's not like he's gaining a heap of weight to go up. He's probably just not cutting quite as much. So you would think he would just perform better and he's already like mastered a weight cut. They say it in like his last three fights because I fucking watch the ball. Every single time, John Addict's just like, these coaches just have him in the best shape. This is ridiculous. Like he's already mastered the weight cut. So his cardio is going to be on point. And then it's fucking in Australia. Like I know Islam's been here for a while, but you can't deny that Volk's prep's just so much better. He's so much more comfortable. He would have never had such a comfortable prep. And Islam's probably never had such an uncomfortable prep in terms of what he's had to, where he's had to go, what he's, who he's had to talk to, where he's had to be, being in just a completely foreign country for like nearly a month now um, that isn't America where he's probably been a million times. So have I convinced you boys yet? I think you, I've, I've been on the same sort of path as you, um, going from, oh, it's going to be tough for Volk to... Yeah, we're going to do this. It's definitely yeah. happening. <laughs> and then Volk is um, well. Yeah, Volk's so am, confident. Yes, yes, I am on the same trajectory. And that clip that's just come out, I think it's from like the main event preview in Australia or whatever it might be. And Volk's talking about his training camp. He said, the entire camp has been specific for Islam. I've been put in these horrendous positions, expecting to get taken down, expecting to get smushed. And that's all he spent his time doing is surviving and getting out of these awful positions that they expect Makachev to put him in. And the confidence in which he's talking is so sincere. Like it, you can tell when fighters are putting on that fake confidence. This is not fake whatsoever. And his confidence is increasing my confidence. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see history. I am ready to see Volkanovski go into the stratosphere. This. Me too. So everyone's been talking. Everyone's been talking about the, the takedowns and and the wrestling, right? And I asked I asked Maxiev about it, and and here's where I think that, that Volk might get one, might have a little bit of a, I don't know, not an edge, maybe a surprise. Is that Maxiev's like, he goes, oh no, I know I've seen they brought in a wrestling coach to help him improve his wrestling for this fight, uh, but he's like, you, you can't just bring in a wrestling coach and train for six weeks. It's something you live with. It's something you have to do all the time. Man, they haven't brought this wrestling coach in just for the last two months or three months of this camp. He trains Frank Hickman, the Hickman brothers. Yep. He's trained with those guys for years. He is like, he already is a gun wrestler. I think that people are sleeping on Volk's ability, not just his takedown defense, but his, his scramble. If mm -hmm. he does get taken down, um, his, his ability, if they stay down, if he doesn't get back up, I think people are underestimating it or just not not giving him um, enough credit. And the other thing is, yeah, okay, you mentioned, you mentioned that photo where it's like, oh, man, he's so much shorter. Bro, they had them on a hill. Yeah, and Volk was <laughs> down, down there. <laughs> so it looks like he's looking up like this. That was 100% and intentional by the Australian media to just, <laughs> yeah. just make it even look more significant, even more David versus Goliath. 100%. So I actually didn't think the, the size difference was as pronounced as I thought it was going to be. And Volk is thick. 
<laughs> he's he's thick, 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 thick with multiple C's. 155. Yeah, that's and he's fought at welterweight before. He's fought at middleweight before. Well, okay, not weight. in the UFC, but yeah, but he's fought <laughs> well, <welterweight. laughs> Yeah, he was, um, he was, he's, he's fought. He's fought big guys. It's not like he hasn't. He was a hundred uh, kilo hooker, and uh, for the uninitiated, the rugby league position, he yeah. was not a sex worker. I don't know if anyone's heard about that, but he actually played rugby league at some point. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Did he? That's yeah, right. that's that is going to be one of the. I think one of the f- factors that his 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 strength is. I I think he might be able to match Islam. Islam's strong as fuck. He's squeezing insane, but I think he might be able to match Islam for strength. And because he's a bit short, he's got lower central ground. I think his hips are going to be so powerful and so important in this to be able to disengage and separate from uh, the the takedown attempts that Islam brings. And the other the other thing is his striking is is to a level that Islam is just I don't uh, Islam is not faced. He certainly didn't get with that with Charles. Charles is like technically great, but what 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 Volk does so well is is master that distance distance control, and he's going to be able to get in and out and keep the fight at a range where. Islam has to reach every time, I think, I hope, reach for the takedowns, mm-hmm. which means they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be 100% takedowns. They might be 85% like uh, probability takedowns, which is just going to tip the balance in Volk's favor to be able to defend them. That's that's what I'm hoping for. And that's what I think, that's what I, I think we're going to see. Think I think t- we're going to see a masterclass. Yeah, I think too as well, like, like, Watching Volk's la- like fight against Holloway's last fight, like the last time they fought, like Holloway. I remember when Holloway like pieced up. Was it Calvin Cater? And he was like yelling at the fucking commentators while he was doing it. It's like I'm the best boxer in the UFC, and like most people were like, "Yeah, you probably fucking are, actually." And then Volk mm-hmm. did that to him, and it's like, and Volk dog walked him, like the like he made him look like a terrible striker. So if he like you, you just. You have to assume that he might he might be the best striker in the UFC, and he's so fucking fast. Is the other thing. So like, if Islam is reaching, not only will Volk be able to step away because he's so quick, but he'll probably be able to f- fire counter. away two quick punches while he's stepping away. And it's like, yes. yeah, we haven't really seen someone do that. But jokes aside, I actually think that he's probably got the one of the weirdest apprenticeships you could have to fight like a Dagestani, like fight a Khabib, fight an Islam, like that rugby league background. It's like. You're pretty much wrestling bears for fucking eighty minutes every weekend. So, <laughs> honestly, oh, I fucking can't wait. Oh, holy shit! You're so wrestling pumped. cocaine bears for eighty minutes yeah. <laughs> in theaters now. Uh, Chief's longest fight went into the fourth round. He won a fourth round submission. Never been beyond sort of I don't know what that, that'd be like seventeen, eighteen minutes or something. Volk won't slow down. For 25, for 15 minutes. He'll stay that sharp and that fast and that agile and that strong, you know, the the snap on his punches or his kicks. That'll stay like that until minute 24, into minute 25, um, if he doesn't stop it earlier than that. Um, Yeah, uh, yeah. I have this this, uh, sort of going sort of theory. You know, UFC MMA sort of was coming into the mainstream in the mid sort of early to mid 20 teens right sort of the the rousey mcgregor when it brought into when it brought it into the mainstream and up until volk and a couple of guys and girls like him it was like you had rousey who was just judo you had uh mcgregor was just strikers like you had specialists who they'd brought in and learned some other stuff uh, or you know jujitsu guys 
Volk is one of the I think Volk is one of the first guys who would say, "What kind of fighter is he?" He's just a mixed martial artist. Like he doesn't, he's not a striker who's learned wrestling. He's not a wrestling who's, wrestler who's done some jujitsu. He's got everything. And I reckon him and there's there's a couple of others who are that next generation of, of the of these UFC MMA fighters that are really just every they they bring everything. They bring the the sort of mix to the the mixed martial arts, and I reckon that's him. That, that's and that's always been him. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's the benefit of just walking into an MMA gym with no combat sports base and just being like, I'm here to train. And turns out you're awesome at every fucking thing that they ask you to do. <laughs> who, who knew? Fuck. Let's talk about so boys. Islam. We've got to talk about Islam. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I actually have a question for both of you. Um, but there's, there's obviously no, there's no denying the fact that one... Islam fucking mauled Charles Oliveira. I don't know what version of Charles, if he was that fit, if he wasn't, blah, blah, blah. He fucking destroyed he that man. And he that did. guy was like, you know, king of the world for a hot sec. Who do you think has had, has fought better guys up to this point? Because I think this is where this also leans in Volk's favour too, but you guys give me a BB first, Lewis second. Go. Volk's, fought, Volk's fought better guys. Uh, he fought Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo was the featherweight goat near enough at the time. He beat Max Holloway three times. Max Holloway was the featherweight goat at that time. Um, he's fought everyone at 145. He's beaten them all pretty convincingly. He's fought better quality opponents just at featherweight. So, you know, obviously, uh, Makachev's fought very good lightweight fighters. This is a lightweight fight, so you might wait a little bit back towards that way, but at a, at a surface level, Volk, definitely Volk. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Makachev's got a couple of wins earlier on in his career, which have aged really well. You think about Armin Sarukian. Even the win over Drew Dober was just so, so impressive. But overall, yeah, Volkanovski with his Mendez, Aldo, Holloway, Ortega, scalps, and the, you know, he's certainly not in the elite category, and I think he was obviously past his prime. But he dismantled Korean Zombie in a way that no one's dismantled Korean Zombie before. That was an incredibly impressive win as well. And Makachev's biggest win is, is Charles Oliveira, and that's a great win. But I, I, I would give the edge to Volkanovski because you've got the two the people that are resoundly considered as the goats in their weight class up until now, uh, Max Holloway and Jose Aldo. He's got wins over them. And it's... We have to say he's the best featherweight of all time. Greatness will come as he rounds out his legacy and adds title defenses to that. But, but certainly in terms of the best, best 145er we've ever seen. And now it's just a matter of expanding that legacy to claim greatness from Jose Aldo. And if you, you look at some of those, the names on, on Volk's uh, resume and, and some of the positions and situations that they, he was in in those fights, like he out-wrestled Chad Mendes, Tremendously good wrestler. Uh, he escaped, I can't remember, it was a couple of submissions from Brian Ortega. He outstruck Max Holloway. Like, he's beating these elite-level guys. And, that you know, these guys were, you know, if they weren't former champions, they were number one contenders for the belt or they were long-time top five guys or they'd fought for a belt before. Like, he's beating these elite wrestlers at wrestling, strikers at striking. He's escaping... Brian Ortega's, um, whatever, I can't remember what it was, Rio Noki Choke or something. Like no one, no one 
no one goes to the ground with Brian Ortega and comes out with a win. Like, and he did it. And he, and he yeah. So he's, I don't know if he's comfortable fighting at another person's fight, but he can. Like, he can take you on at your strongest point and come out victorious. It's crazy that, like, he didn't really get the respect he deserved. Until it, probably he beat Holloway for the third time was when everyone was like, oh, yeah, maybe this guy's like the best in the whole fucking UFC. <laughs> and it's like he beat yeah. all those people yeah. that you just listed before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was the manner of the victory, wasn't it? It was so one-sided. It was a it was yeah. a shutout. It was a 50-45. I think he was arguing there was probably a 10-8 round in there somewhere as well. One was so it was just it was just a system systematic taking apart of one of the best featherweights if not the you know the greatest featherweight of all time so mm. just absolutely uh, incredible uh i think i think though boys we're calling it clean sweeping predictions for volkanovsky here yeah dangerous when i think it's dangerous when we all go the same way but yeah Volk. yeah 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 <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to pitch oh. first round ko <laughs> or a 50 40 decision i reckon <laughs> <laughs> oh Last one, on, last one on that, like, Volk has had some shocking, like, build-ups to some of his fights as well. Um, I've just, I just jogged my memory uh, here. So he fought Shane Young at a catchweight because three guys pulled out in the weeks before the fight. Their fight was in Sydney. And they were like, oh, Volk, you're probably going to get pulled from this card because no one wants the fight. We can't do it. There's only 10 days till the fight. And I think he'd just been over for his first training camp with City Kickboxing. So he, I think him or, or Joe Lopez just rang Eugene Berman and said, do you have anyone around 145 or 155 that I could fight? Because I need the money. I, like, I need to fight because I'm running out of cash. So they put Shane Young in. He fought there. He fought. Uh, he had another fight in Auckland, and he had the flu because he went to the, you know, they do like a fighter conference, or they used to every year. They got all the fighters across the world to Vegas for like a weekend. Mm -hmm. That was like two weeks or something before that fight and he stupidly went, he got sick and, and he, he won that one. <laughs> Chad Mendes, they, they moved the fight from Vegas to California somewhere because... Oh, was that the John Jones one? happened with John Jones. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So they had to move the whole thing a couple of days before. Man, he's had some shocking build-ups and nothing nothing phases him. Nothing, nothing gets under his skin. Nothing rattles him. He's just cool as. His mental fortitude is is something unlike most, you know, superior than most fighters you see. He's got that GSP type mindset. The the preparation, the hunger, the constant desire to improve and get better. Uh, the, the mark of a true champion that doesn't just rely on his physical gifts and coasting by and lives the life of of a hungry champion it's it's going to be amazing to see and i, I it's also he, the he punch mission statement too that you just quoted but uh <laughs> if you go on our instagram that's our bio uh <laughs> that on a piece of paper next to the mirror i look at it every yeah day. yeah so i, I, I <laughs> don't rely on our natural uh, gifts <laughs> if you yeah if you See, see our, the punch drunk LinkedIn entrepreneur program. That's our, <laughs> that's our grind set mentality. <laughs> oh, fuck. Right, co-main event, co-main event, big one. Uh, but basically it's, it's two dudes fighting to decide who's going to sit on the bench and wait for Volk to finish 
beating Islam Makachev and, and who's going to get their head pounded in by him on his return to 145. Yaya Rodriguez against Josh Emmett. And the more I think about this one, I'm not sure where you boys are leaning. I think Josh Emmett does bad. I think he runs through Yaya Rodriguez, actually. I, I, I think he's a horrible matchup for Yair. And looking at his record and thinking back, Yair has got like one quality win at this weight class. That, and, and like he, the Ortega one obviously was bullshit. It was just a dislocated shoulder. Okay, he beat Jeremy Stevens. Korean Zombie was piecing, up, piecing him up for the majority of the fight and he threw the Hail Mary elbow, which is one of the most spectacular knockouts ever, but doesn't remove the fact that he was getting his shit pushed in for th nearly three rounds. Like... Yair Rodriguez doesn't have a good body of work. Lost to Frank, Frankie Yeager. Okay, he beat a completely washed BJ Penn. Josh Emmett's got a, 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 a significantly better body of work, even if you say he lost the fight to Calvin Cater, which was extremely close. I think I think I was on a you know, podcast or something similar to this probably about seven years ago, and I was like, Yair yeah, Rodriguez is, is the guy. <laughs> Is, is <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was saying, like, you know, Yair Rodriguez, he's gonna be, he's gonna be the one. And then he ran into Frankie Edgar, and um, I know the wheels came off a little bit. I think, yeah, maybe his, like, his sort of window, I, I think, might have passed. And Josh Emmett, I was he on like a four or five fight win streak, um, fighting tough guys. Yes, like you said, there was that close, the close decision, but that's the way it goes. Like, you can only. But you can only do what you you got to do, and the judges do the rest. But um, certainly at the time, the media, I, I, I'm leading Josh Emmett. Um, Two dollars twenty-three, boys. On Yo Emmett, is he? A, I don't know. Is he an under? Is he the underdog? Yep. That's parlay. Clive wins. Calvin Cater, Dan Ige, Shane Burgos, Mursad Bektik, and Michael Johnson. Going back Wait, to 2019. How? That's a how, run, man. How good is that win over Dan Ige aged as well? Because he he put yeah. it on him. He was dominant. Dan Ige's come back looking refreshed and 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 top notch. That that win has aged well. Dan that Dan Ige win is better than any win that Yay Rodriguez has had in his career, which is yeah. crazy. Which is crazy, mate. I I know we're not, I, I know we're not there yet, but Josh Emmett might have to get in the, in the parlay because that will send the odds through the in roof. Lock him in. I like that. Now, yeah, just before we move on to the next fight, like I kind of meant to ask you, the, you guys this earlier. This I know we're biased and we've got this beautiful main event, but like, is this card low key kind of shit after that? Like, it hurts me to say. It's not high profile, but I'll uh, I'll let BB take this one. Yes, but <laughs> it's. it's <laughs> I'm sending that to the oh, U.S. Yeah, I'm like, sending that to Arabella. <laughs> <laughs> it is like if you think of some of the pay-per-view cards that you get that we that we've seen in the last shit, I don't know two years, like some yeah. absolutely cracking. You, uh, you compare it to two eighty-five, but for Australian and New Zealand fan base, this is sick. This is awesome. Yeah, like you have you have Aussies and Kiwis all through the card. Um, all the way down to Shane Young, who's going to be for his second fight of the night of uh, morning. That's that. I think that fight's going to be at like eight AM. Yeah. Um, it's 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 cool. But if you, if I take a step back and yeah, you know, and try and be objective, 
it probably leans towards a fight night card, you know, more than a pay per view. But uh, man, I, I'm pumped for it. Yeah, I, I, I'm still yeah. I'll be I'll be there for fight one. But um, I I I totally totally agree with you, mate. But I think the magnitude and how massive the main event is just makes up for it all. Like I I you you could make this a tent boxing event and then just put. put uh, Volkanovski against Makachev at the top. And you're like, yeah, that's still a pay per view. That's that's yeah. still that's still worth it. And there are some other, there are some other good knocks on there. The co-main event's good, and this one, I'm so happy for for Jack Della uh, Madalena to be able to get this spot. He's a uh, third third from the top here, and this is his biggest test by a long way. He's run through everyone else in his path, looked exceptional doing it. Really, he is everyone's future of the welterweight division. Everyone sees him, and goes, yep, that's a champion in the making. Randy Brown is no joke, though, and he has physical gifts, length, power that could be a massive problem to Jack Della if he doesn't get this right. But I also think, conversely, if he if he is able to utilize his boxing and, and get on the inside and, and and manage that, he could if he does bad things to Randy Brown, that puts Jack Della into should put him into the top top 15 and all of a sudden people are going wow this guy isn't just good this guy is the truth this guy is the the next coming of the the, the, the of australian mixed martial arts yeah and i think this is i think you touched on it there as well like we've seen him we've seen jack della run through guys and 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 also put on you know really exciting and entertaining fights as well you know genuine entertainment this is this is where we're going to probably find out what level he's at because yeah, like you say, Randy Brown is no joke. He's a very, very good fighter. This is probably the yeah, the, the test. This is the this is the test. If he gets through this, he will be in the top fifteen. I'm just having a look at the rankings now. They don't like man, the the welterweight rankings don't fill me with excitement, just having a quick look at them. He could he could rise up through these through this fifteen. Uh, in yeah. a couple of fights within the, get, within the year. Get Neil Magny the fuck out of the rankings. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. Neil Magny, good fighter. Get out. I'm so- <laughs> He dropped. Oh, no, he dropped one. I thought it was a seven. Chiesa <laughs> down at 12. Just quickly, if you if you are hearing the sound of a little girl in the background, that's not Lewis's oh, basement. Oh, sorry, those my kids. That's not Lewis's <laughs> basement. BB is the proud father of two of the cutest kids you'll ever see. So if it's annoying you, get the fuck over it. Those girls are beautiful. <laughs> I'll but, tell you what's uh, annoying me is my hair right yeah, now. Lewis basement is soundproof, all right? So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this 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 is not my first abduction. <laughs> Everyone in Lewis's basement is well fed and has a blanket, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I learnt my lessons from that idiot in Cleveland who let the let, let the uh, everyone escape. I'm not I'm not a uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what an idiot. <laughs> what an idiot. Um, oh, yeah, Jack, yeah. Jack Delavendi Brown. That's back to, back to cage fighting instead of keeping people in cages. Um, other other sections that make it. You got big, but the big boys. Justin Taffer, who holds the, uh, I, I suppose, the unwanted record of being the only heavyweight to miss weight in the UFC, uh, which is just <laughs> insane. But that that boy is thick. Maybe that there is a record is I could break thick. in the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, only got to miss weight and also cry before the fight started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and soil himself. <laughs> oh, fuck. Boys, you know, you know what's something that's you know terrifying? Like, I'm a, I would say, like, 
averagely set dude and I'm not overweight. I'm carrying a few extra kilos. I'm working on it. I've been doing dry January. <laughs> um, but I'm not I'm I'm, I'm not it's massive. <laughs> Yeah, I've like I'm still doing it. I've like I've been done dry January. I've been like getting myself in a bit of shape from like from the start from from the start of the year. Like, what? I don't know what you want from me. I want my, you to my get point naked. Being, That's what I want you to do. My my point being that right now I just did the conversion. I'm like two two hundred and forty two pounds, which means I would have to fight heavyweight in the UFC. And see the size of the people that fight heavyweight in the UFC. It, that is a horrifying prospect. Like, that's Stipe Miocic. He weighed in at like 240 pounds. Francis Ngannou. Imagine you had to fight him. Imagine if he decided you wanted to take up MMA the same time he did. And you just weren't even a pro yet. Like, there would have been people like that. They're just like, yeah, I'm going to start training. I've been training for a year. And they had to fucking fight Francis. <laughs> See Alistair. Oh. oh, just shit. just just to give you some perspective of of like my weight gain and filling out. Long time ago, when I dabbled in the amateur boxing scene, the very amateur boxing scene, I was in the sixty nine kilo in the in this sixty nine kilo one hundred and fifty two. 52 pounds limit. So I've got like, I've got, I've had a 90 pound weight increase from my, from my anorexia days. <laughs> but you're happy. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy. Matters, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter that none of my clothes fit me. <laughs> Justin Taffer though, swinging and banging against Parker I'm just Porter. I'm conversions now too. I could, I could probably cut down and get to light, light heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably, I could, I could probably, yeah, I probably could, I could probably <laughs> oh, cut sweet, down. Yeah. <laughs> Glover. Yeah, I was oh, going to say, I just have a Jamal, Jamal Hill end my life. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> Mate, yeah. I, I reckon that's a pretty funny um, uh, record to, to hold. You know, <laughs> the funniest record of all time. Yeah. I think Mark, Mark Hunt used to Mark Hunt used to sweat for day like just doing runs in Vegas in sweatsuits to to get to two sixty five. Just eat Maybe. a fucking salad, Mark. Like fuck me <laughs> <laughs> for fucking two weeks. Like how hard is it? Wait, we saw Mark Hunt's retirement boxing fight so recently, his last fight, and he was in the best shape I've ever seen. And was like, why were you not doing that in the UFC? <laughs> yeah, did that last time. Oh. Yeah, imagine like Incredible. like I know those those boys genuinely do have like that different they they're built different genetically but I'm sure if they were this the strictest they could possibly be they would be like some of the scariest motherfuckers we've seen in the UFC. Like Mark yeah. Hunt just 5 years straight of dieting, training hard, even like Ty. Could you imagine Ty to a Barca? Like if you just went down a weight class, it t- went down two weight classes? Like, holy fuck. Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> you'd, you'd have to cut off his legs for him to make light heavyweight. Yeah, that's true. All these boys' calves <laughs> are fucking just footballs. <laughs> oh, um, so Justin Taps finds his leg is a band of weight. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's fucked is that band of weights would still beat the shit out of us, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, like without 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 even sweating. Yeah, uh, Taito Vasa calls his left leg Peter Yan and his right leg Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. That's, uh, that's like <laughs> at, least, at least these boys are overweight and can beat the fuck out of everyone. <laughs> like we're we're just pieces of shit. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, back uh, to the card. <laughs> tell, you, tell, you, tell you what is a, sh- uh, a shame, though, is uh, Justin Taffer's uh, younger brother was supposed to make his UFC debut on, on, on this card. Is that, that right, BB? You, I'm sure you've seen him fight a hundred times in MMA and boxing. Yeah, actually, now that we <laughs> talk about big dudes losing a lot of weight, I first met Junior Taffer at the last time UFC went to Perth, which was 2018. So five years ago, almost exactly. And he was a massive human. He was 20 years old at the time. He was fighting Glory. And he was fat, like, he was fat. Like, he, <laughs> you don't, he won't deny it. Um, I remember, so they all, Ty, Junior, Tyson, I think, or no, Mark, not Tyson. They Instead of, say, staying at the fighter hotel in Perth, they rented out like a mansion on, in the suburbs, in this nice suburb in Perth. Because they're just all, just all like balling then. <laughs> yeah, just 15 like blokes like Ty and Junior and Mark and trainers and stuff. Like You can just imagine. Like, imagine having the misfortune like, of trying to rob that house while they were <laughs> staying there. <laughs> and then saw so, so, uh, so the Hulk came around. Oh. Like he just runs Perth. Like he just came around like with his he bring like a mad like gaming console set and like a barber came around and was giving everyone fades and stuff um <laughs> <laughs> anyway i went around there oh, they were doing, so they were doing some training right they were doing some training <sighs> in, the, in this did you get a fade yeah yeah they, they, there's heaps of food i felt bad because like ty was actually trying to cut weight no i said did you get a fade so that <laughs> not a fade, feed no. I thought he said, but he feed. did get a feed. Yeah, I did say it. Probably that's my bogan Victorian. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he just he just um, dropped straight back into his into his. Um, I'm eating a meat pie at the VFL accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, food. Uh, I, I didn't get a fade. The, the barber only they only had him on for like ninety minutes, and he left. But they were training, right? They were so they're doing a bit of training in the front yard. Junior hit pads for like five minutes and was exhausted. It was like thirty eight degrees, but still. And then Ty came out. And he's wearing like uh, he's wearing sweatpants, sweatshirt, jacket, and a beanie. And he's like, "All right, time time to run." So they they ran around this lake, and the whole everyone that was there, pretty much like fifteen guys, all went out. Ty's dad, who's crack up old fella, he like stubborn as he ran with them. The first like five hundred meters was up like a really shallow hill, like a slight incline. And Ty's at the front. Ty's at the front. He's the one that's got to do work and all the trainers and mates and stuff. And by the time we got like 400 meters, Junior had just taken off on a side on a side road, and he just walked back. <laughs> I was like, well, "What's going on there?" And so I was like, "Yeah, no, nah, that's that's it for Junior." And he just went home, <laughs> took the shortcut, took the shortcut back home, um, ran round, ran round this, so ran, and you go round a lake and come back to the house basically finished the loop of this lake and I was standing with Ty and his trainer at the time, Stevie. They were just, I don't know, doing some shadow boxing or whatever. These two old ladies <laughs> came walking past us and they were like, oh, hi. I was like, we're in a nice part of Perth and everyone is Islander. And they were like, oh, you guys look like you lost someone. 
and we're like, oh, yeah, what do you look like? And Ty's, uh, they're like, oh, elderly gentleman, he's he's struggling on the other side of the lake. And Ty's like, oh, that'll be my dad. <laughs> he doesn't know any better. And about, honestly, like 20 minutes later, he comes shuffling in. <sighs> but he fucking, he ran the whole thing. Stubborn ass. Um, stubborn ass, Mr. Tuivasa. Finished, finished the those, legend those, those people Junior, that walk past. They probably like obviously they knew nothing oh, about man. fighting. They probably were just like, "What the fuck are these folks doing?" In like, why are they here for a holiday? Immediately, immediately, they just got their real estate agent on the phone and were like, "Put it on the market now." <laughs> the value's sinking. Why are all these Islander guys running around? <laughs> like, it's not. It's not next to like a real nice golf course and shit. Clutching their oh, pearls, man. like, oh my god. <laughs> And they're actually oh, just like the nicest blokes ever. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, oh, that's so. Oh, that's that's amazing. But yeah, uh, Junior Tap is in. He's so linged out now. I think obviously he's yeah, started so. to take take himself seriously. The boxing would have helped. Like you can't you can't start a professional boxing career and not get all that road working. Yeah, he's so he's dropped like 20, 30 kgs. I thought he could have come in as a as a middleweight. Honestly, he's is it pretty? He, he was supposed to fight, fight at light heavy, light heavy, light heavyweight. Um, yeah, they announced an opponent and then they got changed like two days later. And I spoke to him about t- eight days ago. Um, they had a real cool story lined up and then he winds up in surgery and he's yeah. off the card. Sad do, you know what, do you know what happened to him? Is it like a health thing or a physical thing? You don't know? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I'll, I should have double checked that. But um, Hope he's he'll right. get there. He's, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, he'll get there. Um, 24, 25 years old. This is probably the... F- third or fourth time that it's been like, all right, he's going to make either, you know, his contender series or whatever else debut with mm-hmm. the UFC and it's, and it hasn't happened, but he'll, he'll get there for sure. Um, yeah. He, he keeps knocking guys out and <laughs> kickboxing, MMA, kickboxing, boxing, boxing. It doesn't matter. He's like, like yeah. line him up. doesn't matter what the sport is. I'll knock him out. He's a, he's yeah, a hot, another 100%. hot prospect, another hot prospect How old is for he? in MMA. Maybe. 24, 25. Oh, shit. Like Fuck. So he could, he yeah. could look, like turn it up if he wanted and become yeah, yeah, a beast yeah. by the time he's 30 and like he in his prime. Around. Yeah, man. Fuck. That's yeah. sick. And he was he was probably back back in back at, in that 2018-ish, he was like the top guy Tyson, they made, they were you know, UFC fighters. They were, they were, they were, they were going good. Junior was, was the guy that Mark Hunt was sort of, taking under his wing at the time he was the next guy that he wanted to bring through um and yeah we thought we thought it was going to happen this one but but not quite but uh yeah he'll get there all right few of the fights few of the fights we got sorry man you're the yeah no you're good i was just going to say like he's so naturally athletic that's sick that he's so young because he'll just pick it up if he's training hard and disciplined and he 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 is like you can tell if i I never, never saw pictures of him when he was a chubby boy who couldn't do pads for five minutes and run but for him to be that jack now and, and in shape very very impressive for, for sure yeah. um yeah. Main he, card still, is- he was still knocking dudes out back then when he was like oh yeah no shit like, it just had to and happen in three minutes oh that's so good <laughs> yeah. Otherwise it'd be a long day yeah it's impressive that he was winning and then he's still you know got got the discipline and realized that he needs to you know take it seriously so good for him yeah. Uh, right, main card, main, first card in the main fight is, is another light heavyweight bout. We've got uh, Australia's Jimmy Crute against Alonzo Manyfield. Many BB, how do you see, see this one playing out? Well, I wanted to ask you guys a question. 
because Crute's on a two-fight losing streak. Obviously, that, that one against Anthony Smith was just wild. Is it like, are we at make or break for Jimmy Crute? You tell yeah, us, does mate. He need a it's win your here? mate. <laughs> <laughs> does he need a win here? Is he going to get the loss? One of my favourite fighters. Yeah, you've had some good times with Jimmy Crute, huh? Down at the gym. Oh, mate, he's always a good chap. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, I think he gets slept. So I think Manny, Manyfield's a fucking beast, man. And he's been injured he's a few a times and sort of hasn't really ever got momentum. But I remember watching him ages ago and I was like, this guy's a freak. And then since then, he's had like a fight, injured, maybe lost a fight, got injured. Like he's been, just had no consistency. But I think this might be his third fight in a row without uh, an injury. And um, yeah. He can knock motherfuckers I've, out. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Alonzo Menefield is one of my favorite fighters for a simple reason. I placed my biggest ever MMA wager on Alonzo Menefield to win by KO in the first round. And uh, yeah, he came through for me against Asko Mos- Mosgorov. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but um, essentially it came out that Asuka had completely frauded his tapology record to get him into the UFC. Oh, that's right. And, and had just been fighting cans and registering fights that never happened and there was no proof of. And and as this was breaking, it was clear that his impressive record was actually dog shit. And I jumped on Bet365 and I loaded up on Menafield because I was like, he is gonna, he's going to run through this fraud. And then uh, it, he did, of course, pocketed me some money. Nice one, Alonzo. And then Mosarov got, got caught. He tested positive performance and drugs. And now he's just fully leaned into this, the steadhead mentality. And he's just yoked fighting dudes in Russia where there's no drug testing. It is an incredible art. Had one fight in the UFC. Um, I don't know, actually. Fuck him. I'm not, I'm not sure. He's making it all up again. It's yeah, he's, it doesn't matter. He's, but he's yoked, he was, man. He was making up like... Uh, like promotions that didn't yeah. exist. Chi- promotions <laughs> in China and like Mongolia that just didn't exist. And like there was fake posters as well. It was unbelievable. What is the logic in oh, that? Cause like so you're only good. gonna get fucked up. Like we could do that too, but it just means we're, we're gonna accelerate our way to potentially die. I mean, he, he was a decent, <laughs> decent fighter, like for like, in terms of just, I guess, regional scene. But I guess he thought he'd get to the UFC, maybe, maybe catch someone, go on a quick run, make a bit of money and make a name for himself. And then he can just leverage that into bigger contracts back in Russia, I assume was probably probably the plan. So, yeah, shout out Alonzo Manyfield, huge fan of his. I think this, this is going to be a tough one, a real o- tough honestly, one. Honestly, if Crew does win this, it's a massive win. Pretty impressive if he does, but I, I don't know yeah. if he will. Well, I will say, mate, there's, there's two losses, Jamal Hill and the Anthony Smith one with the... <laughs> yeah. Top-level dudes. Gone. Oh, yeah. 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 But uh, big win, big... big. Um, I won't be betting on that fight. Risk. That's, uh, that's where yeah, I Yeah, I've got to reinvest in Alonzo. <laughs> this fucking degenerate over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, there's one one more fight I want to talk about, and then we'll dive into the parlay and we'll wrap things up because we're, we're running a little long here. Um, we're a big fan of Tyson Pedro on this podcast. Just a monstrous dude. But uh, much like uh, BB, you felt when uh, Rob was fighting Izzy. I've become a big, big fan of Modestus Bukowskis recently and watching his uh, fights in Cage Warriors since he since his knee exploded. He's had an incredible story, the the comeback, the the 
uh, basically overcoming this devastating potential career-ending knee injury. He's gone away, got a couple of good wins in Cage Warriors. He's back in the UFC. And I don't know whether Dana White fucking hates him or what the crack is, but to give him Tyson Pedro in his first fight back is so cruel and so unfair. The, the, the odds are so massively in favor of Tyson Pedro. It's unreal. I just have... I, it's going to be tough for, for Modestus. I'm not going to say he could win, but I think the odds are completely completely screwed. And this is a closer fight than people are people are realizing it should be because Modestus is extremely athletic, very powerful, and this could just be a case of who lands first. And but Tyson Pedro has got the long history of landing first, so that's that's why I'm worried for, for my boy Modestus. But super happy to see him back in the UFC, working worked incredibly hard after um, oh, who who blew who blew his knee up. Um, Oh, who was it? Someone exploded his knee anyway. Um, who I, do you I think's going to win, baby? Uh, Khalil. Khalil Roundtree. Yes, Khalil, Khalil Roundtree. Thank you. Khalil, Khalil exploded that's right. his yeah, knee. That's right. um, two, yeah, two guys with a history of, of bad knee, career-threatening knee injuries. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tyson's two fights back into into his comeback. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm a massive, massive Tyson Pedro fan. Um, chatted to him before his debut, before... A lot of his fights watched him in Singapore. Um, just stoked, stoked that he's back on a big card in Australia mm-hmm. as well. Um, geez, just sort of, he really thrives under the the limelight. Um, yeah, ho- ho- I'm hoping he puts on a statement and you know sort of gets back into the rankings kind of thing at, at this uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, right. Any other names you want to throw out there, BB? Anyone you think the the listeners should be looking into? Uh, get there early. Watch Shane Young. He hasn't fought in ages. Uh, Kiwi guy, <clears throat> really, really cool dude as well. Um, yeah, it trains at CKB. Just ripped at the moment. Featherweight. He's fought at lightweight before. Uh, yeah, really cool guy. You confident uh, in him? Jamie Malaki, another one. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know. Like dollar seventy six. Can I be honest? Would you get yeah, on Young? Put it on Shane. But oh, I, he hasn't fought in ages. That's my only. That's the only thing, but he's looking. He's is, looking is he a C- CKB boy? Yeah, CKB. Um, yeah, trains with, trains with all those guys. He's just an absolute beast. Go check check his Instagram. You just got he's got abs on abs, ribs on ribs. He's looking in phenomenal shape. Can relate. Um, and yeah, really good dude. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Jamie Malaki, another one, another Aussie guy. Excellent. And the one one more name I want to throw out there because she's. She's she's a ton of fun. Striking's absolutely wild. Um, former Muay Thai professional Muay Thai fighter, uh, Loma Lukbumi against Elise Reed. I think Loma's gonna piece up old poor poor Elise Reed and and do some inflict some violence upon her. That should be fun. If you are going to the fight, get there early. Watch every fight. You've get paid early. an arm and a leg for this. Get there early. I don't care if it's six in the morning per time. Get up at four a.m. Chuck some beers and get to the arena. Don't even go to bed. Just fucking. Walk straight just out. Just power through. That's the it. The fight's that done is. by 1 p.m. Funny so, you say that. Good. I think it was at, we were at the, <laughs> funny you say that, funny I say that, um, at the George Kimbosis fight. Funny you brought fight. up the story you've been wanting to tell. The George Kimbosis fight, Tyson Pedro <laughs> turned up there just for the Kimbosis fight and had, well, he was <laughs> claiming he hadn't been to bed all night. He walked from Revolver to the fucking fight just to watch George Kimbosis fight. And then he was going to get he, back. He was, uh, he was in the media section, eh? Yeah, he was He was sitting next to me, basically, just yelling out, food him, George, food him. 
It was like off his head. He had like a a fur coat of some sort or like clearly had not showered in a while. It was pretty funny. I remember I was when they were doing like the walkouts because it's at that Marvel Stadium, like the walkouts are like two and a half Ks long. It's ridiculous. It's a footy stadium. So it takes like 10 minutes. So I was standing on my chair in the media thing trying to see, taking a video. And I turn around and like three people back is Tyson Pedro and his big fur jacket. And I was like, what are you doing here? And he just holds up his pass and he goes, media. (laughs) 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 Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sick. (laughs) All (laughs) All right, let's talk about the parlay boys. The always profitable, never losing punch drunk parlay. Um, what what do we like? I think I think we all agreed through conversation that Josh Emmett on those odds should probably be in there. Yeah, I've Josh got Emmett, just Josh just, Emmett just to and get the lock in Jack Della. Those two. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Have, let's have some faith what's, in our boy. What's Jack Della paying? Not not much. Dollar twenty eight. Okay. Um, okay cool. Not not a bad little multi filler. So there's. Would you back Shane Young? BB, or you think maybe not a safe leg? I, I would. I would. I would. I've ne- Look, I've never heard of Blake Builder, the guy who's fighting on. Yeah. To be honest, he doesn't, right. have, doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Um, Bob the Builder. $1.76. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Putting him in. Jamie Malarkey, $1.37. Not great odds. Great. Leave it out. I have no idea I, who Francisco Prado is. I'll be honest. I think Jamie Malarkey loves a scrap too much for me to want to bet on him. All right. Like we'll watch him every day of the week, but if, if I've got money on the line, it's a bit risky. Did you want to put? Loma? So he's make, he's making his UFC debut. Sorry, Francisco Prado. He's eleven and zero, fighting out of Argentina. He's only twenty years old. Uh, looks pretty. Looks pretty yoked. Yeah, right. leaving uh, that out. Yeah, I would not. I would not be betting against him. Loma, look, boon me. Is that a lock for you? Yeah. Lewis, for me, yeah. Go on, let's let's make it a lock. All right, Let's so get her in there. Emmett, Jack Dalla, Shane Young, and Loma is already $6.83. Oh, I like it. Did we want any sort of Islam Volk combination at all? We don't have to pick a winner. We could. The What I like is the uh, will the fight go the distance? Yes, is $2.74, which is juicy the, shit, bro. It is extremely juicy. Part of me just wants to, though, be be out of the parlay by the time the main event comes around to just <laughs> purely enjoy it without the sweat of of the the, the parlay. Will the on fight it. end in round four, five, or go the distance? Dollar ninety four. The prob the problem is we are we are I'm very confident in Volk, but if Islam is going to win this fight. I think he gets him to the ground early and and taps him like first first two rounds while while he's dry while he's fresh. That's the path. Like I don't see Islam grinding out a decision. If he gets him to the ground and dominates, he's going to find a path to be able to submit him. But if Volk can keep it standing the whole time, or you know do a sprawl and, and, and uh, you know spring back to his feet regularly and quickly. I think Volk gets a decision win. I don't. I don't think all of a sudden Makachev gets him down in the fifth round and then finds a submission when they're all sweaty and he's tired. And so I think if Islam wins, it's going to be it's going to be in the first half of the fight. So a simple no would have sufficed. But- <laughs> <laughs> 
So, <laughs> why don't we leave it four legs, four legs, uh, six dollars, yeah. six dollars something, and, and let's just enjoy the main event. Six dollars eighty-three. You can, you can power play so, that up so, to seven twenties, seven thirties, depending on when you get it on, who you bet with. Probably Nancy if you're betting partner with UFC, but who knows? Um, Josh Emmett, Jack Diller, Shane Long, and Loma. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't mind that. If it does get up, um, that'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be good. I got I got bills to pay. I got yeah. bailiffs to bailiffs to get away from my front door. <laughs> Uh, Alonzo Menafield only went so far. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's a couple of juicy little side bets if because that multi will, will have at least one uh, by the time the main event starts. So you'll have all your winnings to play with, a couple of little juicy round betting options there potentially. Uh, is there anything else we wanted to discuss? Uh, BB has a beautiful family that we've held him for an hour and 15 minutes from right around dinner time. So I can smell dinner coming through. Oh, I think I can there we go. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's just your own filth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm, I'm a good cook. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us at Punch Drunk Pod on Insta, Punch Drunk Pod underscore on Twitter, Punch Drunk Pod on TikTok, Punch Drunk Podcast on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. That's growing slowly but surely. BB, have you subscribed? You better. Uh, you can actually follow Brendan Bradford on Twitter. He's very active. He doesn't just cover MMA, he covers other fight sports and covers rugby league, if you like that. Does a bit of everything. He's an everywhere man, especially for our Aussie fans. You'll just be obsessed with him. Also, go sign up to Code Sports, where he works and all his beautiful work is on. I think it's like a dollar for two months at the moment. Uh, it's basically free. You get Super Coach Gold. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else happened? Uh, <laughs> Thank you, God. Kadarov, love you. <laughs> love your work. Keep doing good yeah. stuff over there. <laughs> Just mad at the people. Um, yeah, if you got if you if your kids got a birthday coming up, we're available. Um, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't mind shooting a machine gun or something, or standing in front of one. Uh, <laughs> that's about it from us. Give us five stars on. Apple, five stars on Spotify, uh, wherever you listen. Thank you so much for listening. This is the biggest card. Probably since we started recording, this is the biggest card for us, and we've probably got two of the next biggest coming up straight after that uh, in terms yeah, of pay-per-views. Got- so, baby, it's going to be a big few months. Good time to get on board. BB, thank you so much for coming. Uh, Thanks for having me. If you want to join us at any time, any episode, any emergency pod, let us know. You're an automatic in. And uh, let's do it. Lewis, good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Uh, yeah. Thank, thanks, everyone, for tuning in, BB. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for joining us, mate. And uh, talk soon, guys. Peace. See you.